Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. If you like what we're doing on here, you can find us on our Facebook group, our Instagram, or our Patreon, and you can find all those links in the description below. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're talking about worship, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, this is like one of my favorite topics. It was my favorite topic when I was Christian, and now I guess it's really fun to talk about, too. Yeah. Like you may know, Joe and I are really involved in the music ministry throughout our adult yeah, Christian like life. Yeah, like since we were little. I yeah, mean, I, guess. I grew up, my family was always in the worship band and, and stuff. And you were so always like, in the worship band. And so then I was always in, I was like in the youth worship band and then was on the adult one when I was of age. Nice. 18? <laughs> yeah. No, I was like 14. I oh, know. okay. All right. I didn't know if there were those kind of rules. But yeah, we were, we were really involved in worship like all the time. My mom did the children's music at my church growing up. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she taught it at Vacation Bible School as well. Yeah. And I learned how to play the guitar and then was quickly set to work playing guitar at my church uh, band in college. Um, I was on the worship band there, and I actually lived at a church, and we practiced music a lot. And and then that's so weird. I always forget about that. Yeah, that you lived at a church. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, so you holy. you played in a band, obviously, like you were saying, but we play, played in the crew band together. Yeah, yeah. like after we were married. Well, yeah. before and after we were married. Yes. Yeah, we did that. And then once we moved into like our, like, our long-term church mm-hmm. as a married couple, you played in the band and yeah, you played right drums. Yeah, and did that right until we left the church. Yeah, so music was something that was always really important to us. Yeah, um, for sure. In Christianity and outside of it as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like f- when I was Christian, the worship times, like music and worship was probably the times when I felt closest to God. I, I feel think, like that's probably pretty common. Yeah, I feel people, right? a lot of people would say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But like that that heavily influenced my air quotes walk with God yes. was those worship times. And we're going to find out why. Right. At yeah. the end of this. At the as, end, spoiler, we, <laughs> yeah, it's coming up soon. We're going to talk about today <laughs> what your brain is like on worship. Yes. So, uh, as you may remember from our deconstruction story, one of the first things that sort of didn't sit well with us was when we were in the middle of worship and I was clearly in an altered state of mind. I was feeling the spirit and I started <laughs> to think, what if this is my own doing? that I have put myself into this state of mind and I never thought of it before. And it, it freaked the hell out of me. And I told you, and I don't know how you felt. I don't know if you've also, you also came up like to the same conclusion. Where, yeah. Where did that come from for you? I was alone when I thought of it myself, you were playing, I was in worship on my own that day Uh or by a friend. And I remember you were in the band Oh, I see. because I didn't, I feel like I remember experiencing it like when I was not next to you yeah, and I like had this thought and I, I thought, you know, like, what if God wasn't here? What if he wasn't here right now? Like, what if he didn't exist? Like hypothetical situation. Okay. Like this isn't real guys, but what if God didn't exist and you're in worship and we're playing all this music and we're all raising our hands, would we feel the same way? And I thought, yes, I thought, yes. That's like so crazy that you had that thought. But now, As a Christian, you know, so many I mean, people, it makes sense, I know, but like that you would just, that thought would just pop into your brain. <laughs> Such a, a rebel. Such a devil. Such a devil, <laughs> devil wife. Um, so I think since we've explored non-Christian uh, information and just 
what people think about that, it's super obvious to everyone outside of Christianity that yes, you are putting yourself in an altered state, yeah. I think. But to me, it seemed really revelatory. Like, why, wow. Yeah. You know, right. this seemed like a breakthrough thing and in a, in a bad way at the time yeah, because it was, scared? yeah, it really hurt my faith. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a big, in a big way. Yeah. So we talked about this and mm-hmm. I don't really know how those first conversations went, but I think that nobody can deny that if you're playing some kind of uh, powerful music and it has a build and you are jumping or closing your eyes, that it is possible that you could feel something even if you didn't have faith in God. Yeah, right. I, I mean, that's like become completely obvious to us at this point. I think even you know. Christians would agree. Yeah, and I, think I think so. And I think likely when you first told me what you were saying, I probably was like, yeah, I can kind of see that, you know, but mm-hmm. for whatever, I don't know, a lot of that stuff, like things that really bother us now about our time in Christianity, I feel like at the time didn't bother us as much. Mm-hmm. So like this, you saying that to me, even though I understood what you were saying, it probably just didn't like scare me as much as it would now. Yeah. Well, of course, I think like you're so far in it. So you don't like it takes a lot of things to chink away. Yeah, from right. So maybe it's whatever just one you little have. chip, you know, it was the first chip. So uh, I remember talking about this with you and you even told me that you were conscious of the buildup in music because you were in the band. Yeah, um, I think a little bit longer than I was. And our band at our church was really, really good. Yeah. It like actually they actually played really good music and I enjoyed the worship time. Right. Just like as a just musician. As a person. As a yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like once we started going to more our more charismatic church and playing drums in that band, it became especially apparent how much we, like as a musicians, controlled the atmosphere. Cause we would play a lot of Hillsong and like that kind of more modern Christian music where it's like really big and atmospheric and um has a lot of big like swells and stuff like that and, and bethel yeah yeah bethel, bethel church music, music and stuff or, like that yeah. so all like a spirit-filled people we loved to feel something mm-hmm. you know and so when i first started playing drums w- with a band and playing that kind of music i loved it i mean i loved it all along it's super fun music to play to because mm-hmm. it's like really expressive and really emotionally powerful and stuff like that but yeah i remember talking to you and saying that i as a drummer, totally, I could control, like, how much the spirit was moving Mm -hmm. in the room, in a sense, you know? Yeah. Because there'd be parts of the song where we go a verse or two verses that have, like, maybe more somber lyrics. And I would, the beat would drop out, and I would just be keeping very, very light, you know, subtle, subtle beat on the drums. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the second verse, I would start to build it up and build it up and build it up and build it up until we crash into the chorus. And by this time the band is playing full volume and I'm playing full volume and smashing the cymbals. And, you know, everyone in the congregation is like going nuts, speaking in tongues and jumping up and down. And to them, they're feeling, feeling like, wow, the spirit, like the presence of God is moving so strongly. But like, really, I think our brains just like to hear music. You know, and are emotionally affected by that. It's strange looking back on it now and hearing you say this. You know, I wonder, does everyone at our church and everyone at churches like this or who go to worship concert, you know, worship concerts or who go to conferences, Mm -hmm. do they, are they aware of this but just don't care? I think it's probably a mix. Because like I was saying before, I think I was, I mean, obviously I was partially aware of it when I was in the band, even before we started leaving the faith. I like, I don't know, I could recognize that, but 
it also kind of felt like I was providing like a good atmosphere and putting people in a good mindset to that God, God was maybe leading you to do that because he you were yeah, leading that worship. too that too like God was I guess worshiping himself th- through me <laughs> I don't know like it's kind of complicated yeah. but yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah I, that's be, that would be interesting I bet that it wouldn't really bother Christians that much to think about that okay you know so any Christians listening, I guess you could message us and let us know if that bothers you. Well, it bothered me and it didn't bother us enough to deconstruct our whole faith, but it just, like you said, it was the first chip away yeah, at our faith. Yeah. And so through our deconstruction process, as we, I don't know, had more chips sort of, what am I saying? Chip off. Chip off of, <laughs> of my faith. Okay, More this, chinks in our the armor of God that we had. This uh, analogy needs to end. <laughs> um, so as we went through our deconstruction process, we discovered that there are a lot of videos or just other people discussing this concept of a worship service and how it's it's hypnotizing. Mm-hmm. And, and that took it a step further. Okay, so we're not just like maybe experiencing a heightened sense of awareness but or a heightened sense of consciousness or whatever but we are possibly being hypnotized or put into a trance Mm -hmm. and we watched a couple videos and like we watched a there was a darren brown uh special about him training up someone as a miracle a healer and there a big part of that was talking with the band and a man from the from a worship band talked about how there's a formula for a worship service Mm -hmm. and i was so I was so mind blown yeah. by this. Do you remember what it was? Yes. So when you come into church, this is a typical formula. There's quiet music being played, you know, like, but then the worship leader will come up after a greeting from the pastor or something. And how are you all doing? Th- how are you all doing? Morning? Hey, that's all not right. loud enough. <laughs> all right, everybody, like, want you to clap along with this song as we praise Jesus this morning. Oh, so God. it's like, no. so first it's a really happy song, you know, mm-hmm. happy. We're here. It's Sunday morning. We're going to worship the father together. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's for first. And depending on how long the services are in a church, you could do one or two of those. <laughs> um, next, what you want to do is you want to do something more meditative, a little bit slower of a song. Um, that's very calming. And, you know, it's the kind of song where you look around and you see a lot of like women, they're like holding their hands up, um, folded, just below their chin uh, at their neck and they're closing their eyes and they're swaying back and forth and their brow is kind of furled, mm. like looking, you know, like trying to listen to God. And that's, there's, that's what the mood of the song is. If you look to the church. And so that one, you're kind of getting into a surrendering state. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You want a surrender. Right after that, someone might come come up and say a few words um, and then get the offering passed around and, the, like you were saying before, the band might play some quiet meditative mm-hmm. music um, while that's being passed around. And then um, the pastor, whoever comes up and starts to give the sermon or the message and, and you're still in a right state of mind to hear it. Uh, so like this message happens for however long it goes. And then right after that, kind of depending on the topic of the message, right? You'll sing a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, our church after that we would have a time where the music would extend beyond 
beyond the end of a song and sort of play for a while in between. Mm-hmm. And there would be a lot of like reflective times. And that's when like the prophecies and stuff would happen too. Mm-hmm. Was that in those like big pauses? Yes. Yeah. Like, so in between whatever songs our band would easily blend them together with like these really melodic, oh, I don't know, long Ethereal, instrumental yeah, they're segues. Really pretty, like, mm-hmm. Like I always say, like super atmospheric, like room filling mm-hmm. sound, sounds and songs. And sometimes we would have times where we, you know, people would ask to like come forward and pray. Yeah. Like, do you need this? Come forward, pray, yeah. pray, pray, pray. So maybe this isn't like a typical church service, but that happens. And then towards the end of the service, you always want to end on a high note. So after everybody's like wept everything out, poured everything out, given all of their money, you celebrate (laughs) at the end with a song that's very uplifting. And then you are like, that was great. See you next week. So the formula is always the same high energy song to a more pensive surrendering song, giving like of the offering, like listening to a message and taking that in um, more, you know, meditative states as you like really concentrate on what you just learned and what you just did. And then ending on a high note to celebrate all of that and kind of just like reinforce it into mm-hmm. your head of this is good. This is good. God is good. God is good. Yeah. So all that to be said, obviously the order of that isn't necessarily the same for every single church identically, but the it illustrates a point that like, the tone of the music very directly influences the way the congregation will perceive what's happening. Mm-hmm. It'll change. It changes their experience. Yes. You know, it's like, it's an emotional ride. The whole, um, the whole service. Yeah. And it was weird because like we noticed there was a formula throughout all of the churches or all of the events that we've ever gone through. They all have that way about yeah. them. Especially the like getting really somber before offering. Uh-huh. I feel like that yes. was always a thing. Yes. Before we had the realization that that it was kind of potentially just the music that was making us feel these different ways, I really felt like it was God, like God's presence. So did I. You know, like, I mean, I, I loved our church because I felt like the music was so powerful and the message was so genuine. And I really felt like more than anywhere else we had been, I could actually like experience God. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was experiencing God's love and like mm-hmm. experiencing peace from him and experiencing joy and like wholeness and, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was during the worship times. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, I mean, those super powerful, like poppy, uplifting, high energy songs, I would feel elated and be like, you know, filled with a spirit and think I'm like full of energy and I feel alive and mm-hmm. That was the presence of God to me. Mm-hmm. I felt it too. I felt um, sort of a tingling in my body. Yeah, like physically, yeah, it actually fi- feel like yes. tingly. Yeah, and I felt like we were talking about this morning, my brain floating. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I felt light, lightweight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when my eyes were closed, I felt like that feeling of them rolling back into your head and looking inward. Mm-hmm. I felt like they weren't they were like i was sucked inward yeah you know especially what I mean? at our new the the last church we went to was really expressive people are really expressive so we were when we were worshiping it was like hands up probably or like eyes closed and whatever you know it was like a really physically surrendered kind of state that we were in too so yes. like, yeah it really felt like a meditation almost yeah you know it's it like, was like a meditation. Yeah. So we began to think, is this, what is this? You know, because mm-hmm. of these feelings, we were, we 
continued to think like, hey, how can we describe this? How can we explain this with the brain? Can we explain this with the brain? We began to wonder, are we putting ourselves into a meditative state? Or is God putting us into a meditative state and he just created our brains to work this way? I, I just had a lot of questions. Yeah. I, I didn't, we didn't know how the brain worked. We didn't know what was going on, but we definitely knew that if we were at like a concert and we did the same things with our hands and we're singing, we would feel a sense of elation. Yeah. And we just wondered why was that? Why could that happen? Or right. what is that? And why would God put us in? that situation where that could we could experience that without him right you know it seemed like a kind of a trick yeah yeah in a way i think you're right like kind of jumping back to the very beginning i think you're right that this was one of the very first things that we started kind of having questions about mm -hmm. because i i remember that feeling of uneasiness uneasiness is mm -hmm. that the right word yeah <laughs> um because i had had so many experiences during worship that that to me at the time, that was like my proof that God existed. Yes. You know, the proof that God existed. My yes. proof that God existed was that when I was at that worship service, I like wept uncontrollably. Yes. You know, or like I had the craziest feeling of like that I weighed nothing and I felt like God was speaking to me or mm -hmm. felt, felt like tingling in my stomach and felt like my arms and hands were warm and I felt elated, you know, those things. Or I had a visualization. Or I had a crazy vision, yeah, of whatever, something happening that had, like, a lot of personal significance to me. Yes. Those things, those were, like, my, what I leaned on when I had doubts about God, mm -hmm. you know, when I was Christian. And so, yeah, the, when we first started questioning this stuff, it was, like, it was kind of spooky, <laughs> you it know? It was spooky. Cause, because this was, like, the first chip off, uh, whatever, it was the first... Joe, not the chips. Had. Yeah, not the chips again. It was the first problem we had. And so it kind of felt like, well, if we're questioning this, then like, what else are we going to start questioning? Exactly. So years down the road, we started to explore meditation more seriously. Mm -hmm. We were in the beginning processes uh, of exploring meditation, I think, when we were still Christians. But yeah, we weren't for different reasons. For different I think reasons. we started because we wanted to like feel less stressed out yes. and maybe like be more productive or whatever. That's how we were originally interested in it. But as we sort of looked into meditation more, we realized that you can experience these same feelings yeah. from just sitting and closing your eyes mm -hmm. and, you know, following a certain type of structure of thoughts or focusing on breaths or scanning your body, yeah, etc. And we started to, you know, this was after we were out, but we were like, hey, I think this is the same feelings that we were feeling in worship and we're experiencing them completely without God in yeah. this weird uh sort of what other people would call a different religion. Yeah. You know? It's like a different spiritual practice. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So we're experiencing these same feelings. Right. And I feel like then we started getting really interested in what was happening with our brains. Mm -hmm. And so since then we've been reading just a few more books about your brain, what's going on with your consciousness and how do you get into a subconscious mind and just the different frequencies of your brain when you're maybe just waking up or when you're in meditation or maybe when you're in worship. Mm -hmm. And this stuff's been super interesting to us and really insightful into yeah. just our experience in church, in worship service, in Bible study, kind of in any situation, everyday life. Right. You maybe sometimes are in a brain state that is dragging you along or just making you think or feel things that maybe have nothing to do with 
fact yeah. or what's actual or reality. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I wanted to share and read some things about the four different brain waves that you can be in during the day, like as a as an adult. And we were reading a couple books about it, but I found a really good sort of quick summarization on just by uh, searching Google the the top link on Google. And I wanted to add something in here too, if if you're listening and you're like, "What in the world are you talking about?" Uh, the idea is that our our consciousness can operate at different levels of frequency, ranging from when you're like super stressed out and like really maybe in fight or flight mode, your your brain's operating in like a certain gear, almost a really really high frequency. And when you're in super super deep sleep, you're operating at a really really low frequency of consciousness. Um, and so that high high level is beta, and it goes down through these other levels down to delta waves. Um, and yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And you can study the brain frequencies using an EEG. If you ever heard yeah. anybody talking Science. about EEGs, <laughs> you that's how they uh, study your brain activity. Yeah, super cool. Okay, so I'm going to talk about four frequencies, um, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. So in beta, your, your beta brain waves are associated with normal waking consciousness and a heightened state of alertness, logic, and critical reasoning. As you go about your daily activities, you are in beta. Although important for effectively functioning in everyday life, higher beta levels translate into stress, anxiety, and restlessness. With the majority of adults primarily operating at beta during their waking hours, it is little wonder that stress is today's most common health problem. The voice of beta is the little nagging chatterbox of your inner critic, which becomes louder and more relentless the higher you go on the range. So alpha. Alpha brain waves are present in deep relaxation with the eyes usually closed and while daydreaming. The relaxed, detached awareness achieved during light meditation is characteristic of alpha and is optimal for programming your mind for success. Alpha heightens your imagination, visualization, memory, learning, and concentration. It lies at the base of your conscious awareness and is the gateway to your subconscious mind. Okay, so alpha, when I first read that, your eyes are closed. You're in a light meditation, mm-hmm. a light meditative state. Yeah. That reminds me of first getting into worship. Yeah, or prayer. Or prayer. Know? Yeah. And like it says, it heightens your imagination, visualization, memory, learning, and concentration. Right. Okay, so the next one is theta. Theta brain waves are present during deep meditation and light sleep, including the REM dream state. Theta is the realm of your sub of your subconscious mind. It is also known as the twilight state, as it is normally only momentarily experienced as you drift off to sleep from alpha and arise from deep sleep from delta. A sense of deep spiritual connection and oneness with the universe can be experienced at theta. Vivid visualizations, great inspiration, profound act- creativity, exceptional insight, as well as your mind's most deep-seated programs are all in theta. The voice of theta is silence. Mm. So when we read this, we thought of these are the times in worship that we get really deep and are feeling something yeah. and then start to see images in our right. brain and po- and think we're hearing God's voice. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe alpha state, this alpha brainwave state, we get to that on like a normal Sunday mm-hmm. with a normal worship set where we have our eyes closed and our hands up and we're swaying to the music and really feeling it. 
But maybe that theta state, we only get to that on like special occasions when there's um, like a special retreat that we go to and a really, really somber worship time. Or maybe when you're at home and like fasted and you're praying and like kneeling down by the side of your bed and like mm-hmm. super deeply in communion with God. Right. So the last state, the last frequency mm-hmm. of, of the brain that we have is delta. And the delta frequency is the slowest and is present in deep dreamless sleep and in very deep transcendental meditation where awareness is completely detached. Delta is the realm of your unconscious mind. Delta is associated with deep healing and regeneration, underlining, underlining the importance of deep sleep to the healing process. Okay, so you can get into Delta by being very transcendental, but I don't think we've ever gotten into Delta in a church service. But definitely yeah. sleep. And like right. it said, that you're healing and you're restoring during right. Delta, and that's why everyone's like, it's important for you to get 80 hours of sleep. Yeah, you need okay. to wear your aura ring and get like 90% sleep quality or yes. whatever. <laughs> sleep score. <laughs> so this is really interesting. Um, learning about these brain states... Uh, we're currently reading or just finished the book Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he talks about these brain states yeah. as well. This is the coolest stuff I've ever read. It's so interesting. Yeah. And yeah. It, and how it applies just like to you daily, when you're in which state. Right. Um, and then what meditation kind of like how meditation can bring you into these different states. Yeah. And we've been, you know, thinking about this a lot lately and reading about brain states. And this morning we were just chatting about how similar it is to the worship service mm-hmm. and how throughout, like we were commenting on before, throughout the worship service, in a sense, you are being put into different states of mind. Yeah. And um, I think that it's super important. It's a very important thing to consider if you are believing that a God is present and putting you into these states of mind and making you think of these things Mm -hmm. that a parallel can also be found in a very secular situation where you are doing a meditation on your own without the presence of any biblical deity. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Unless God is tricking us by giving him, (laughs) giving us his presence when we're meditating. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Okay. So let's just imagine right now that we are going to go to church and we're very stressed out and we had a really bad week. Uh, work is stressful. A lot of things are on our plate. We got into a fight with our mom. We've got money problems. Money problems. We're going to church. Everybody is really happy. We're starting worship and we're singing a song. Finally, you release all of this energy because you're moving your body. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something with kinesiology, right? Like oh, yeah. they're very, there's like, it's powerful to move your body. Your mind is linked to your body. Yes. And I mean, our experiences in our mind. So, yes. Yeah. And you're like, you're releasing energy mm-hmm. through this movement mm-hmm. of your body, you know, especially if you're going to a church that's worshiping is they're high functioning worshipers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you're releasing all of this negative energy. Then you're moving into a more somber song and it's very much about surrender or how Jesus loves you, even though you're worthless and you feel it because you had a worthless week. Mm-hmm. So you're worthless, you're, but you're feeling God. He loves you anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're put into an alpha state, mm-hmm. a light alpha state. You read a message, you hear a message. You completely resonate with everything that you hear because you are primed to listen for it. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're just ready to hear something positive. 
And then after that, you go into more meditative state and maybe your brain slips into theta. You start seeing visions of Jesus coming uh, like sitting up on the clouds or just in front of you and he's glowing. Mm-hmm. He's reaching down to you and he's wrapping his arms around you and someone is describing it. Someone's describing it up on the stage. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus wants you to come to mm-hmm. him. He's reaching for you. Will you reach back? Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy cow, I had a bad week. I must not have been close with Jesus, even though I'm born again Christian. And I have been for all of my life. I need to surrender my life again. Mm-hmm. And so now you're like intense theta. You're very suggestible. Like you can are so receptive to to learning, to new ideas. You're recept- You're so receptive. You know you're receptive to affirmations. You're receptive to anything that anybody's going to yeah. tell you. Okay, so now you're singing some songs, and y- the lyrics are like in a way mantras and chants, and. You're in this state, and now we're going to right now read you some Christian lyrics and just think about how you and your your Christian brain in this maybe halfway between alpha to theta, depending on how heavy you worship, what your brain is going to think when you read these lyrics. So if you're the kind of person who is easily triggered by Christian music lyrics, we suggest you stop the episode right now because we have three songs that we'd like to read out lyrics from. Okay, so the first one is a song that we would sing in our church called Revelation Song. And um, let's just jump right into it. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is thee. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. And then you repeat that. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. So that is just so powerful to me. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You're like literally praising like the majesty of the universe, and you can feel it in mm-hmm. the room when everyone is singing together these lyrics. Clothed in rainbows of living color, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder. That's when Joe like build up the drums and <laughs> yeah, he did this right. like roll on uh-huh. the toms or something that sounded so much like thunder. Blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only one who's king. And then you would repeat the chorus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. And then you get really quiet and sing filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power. Drum hit. Drum kicks back And then in right drums there. coming in so strong. Breath and living water. Band super loud. Such a marvelous mystery. Oh my God. And then comes a huge fill. The whole band builds up until you crash into the chorus. (laughs) Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then, et cetera. That stuff, it like, those lyrics are slicing directly into your subconscious. You know, I feel like if you wanted to hypnotize yourself, this is like the perfect absolute perfect environment to do that well if you want to change like a thought pattern you get yourself into a 
what is it, an alpha state, mm-hmm. and if you can, a theta, and then you you sort of like get your give yourself a mantra right. that you'd rather believe, exactly. and that's exactly how you can like alter your subconscious uh, brain. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Another way to alter your subconscious brain is through repetition, especially repetition oh, in yes. these alpha and theta states. But so another song I pulled up that I was particularly struck by <laughs> is a song called How He Loves, uh, I think by Jesus Culture. I'm going to start in the middle um, and I'll just read a little bit of this. Wait, can you describe what you're skipping, though? The same thing, the same lyrics, right? Yes, there are a lot of the same lyrics in this song. And I just want to imagine you're in this alpha or theta state. Subconscious is primed and soft and ready to be molded and ready for outside maybe input. T- maybe close your eyes right now. Yeah. And, and take a really, really deep breath. And think about how you want to internalize the words that you're singing. At least how- that's what I would do when mm-hmm. I was worshiping. I'd really want to internalize the words that I was singing. Okay, after two um, choruses that talk about how unworthy we are, goes like this. And oh, how he loves us, oh, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us, oh, yeah, he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves, yeah, he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves. We are his portion, and he is our prize, drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Ha ha. So heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way, and wait for it, he loves us, oh how 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 he loves, yeah, yeah. How he loves. You love that so much. <laughs> that chorus then repeats two more times, so you get a few more "How he loves us" in there. It's and, like well, so. This is it's <laughs> funny. We read a lot of Christian lyrics today. We were trying to find songs that we sing, songs that maybe more people would know, mm-hmm. and, and kind of a mix of. And what I learned was that this is why I thought God was all loving. Yes. This is why we were convinced that God loves us. Because, yes. Because, oh, how he loves us. We're singing oh, these songs. Oh, he loves us. Oh, how he loves he, us. He loves us. Wow, oh. how he loves us. Wow, oh. he loves us. Oh. Yeah, how he loves us. Okay, wow, he loves us. <laughs> I, it's not even in the Bible. Okay, oh, you know? Joe. <laughs> it's just, I, I It think... is in the Bible, but the, it's very repetitive. When it's repetitive like this, it really gets into your subconscious. Yeah. What we realize is that the worship times, I think, were more impactful than probably any other time in terms of like indoctrinating ourselves or brainwashing ourselves. Because when you're reading your Bible, of course, that's sort of a type of brainwashing, I guess. You're like reading the same thing all the time. Or when you're praying, again, that's sort of the same type of brainwashing. But when you're worshiping, you're you're repeating these mantras over and over again to yourself. You're in a very heightened emotional state because of the music. You're maybe in a really low-level brain state because you're being so meditative you're like so perfectly primed to internalize the messages that you're singing that it is super impactful. I know. I think, I think someone coming into a church without ever being in a church before could sing along to the songs and feel like they felt the presence of God just because of the scenario, mm-hmm. you know? And at my church, we had, or at my parents' church, we had lights, huge, like different colored lights and these giant curtains that 
would be all different colors and these huge screens. It was like a show, you know, the lights in the sanctuary were really low and the stage was all lit up and it was super loud. And, you know, it was such an experience. It's like the perfect, the perfect environment to mold malleable brains. And especially (laughs) with a group uh, think all the yeah so the group too all of your friends are there and they're jumping and they're all into it so you see around and you feel like you want to fit in and it, it's it funnels you in that way the other part of it i thought about this morning uh, was what i was telling you about katie how when we started going to our charismatic church each sunday in a way was kind of like a practice for me to step out of my comfort zone a little bit more as well they asked that of us well they asked that yeah specifically but like when we first started going, I don't know if I would even put my hands up. I was too self-conscious or something to put my hands up when we worshipped. But eventually, I started to build up courage and I started to feel more and more like, you know what? God is worth it. And I, I should like deny myself. He's worth it. And so I started putting my hands up. And you do that and you get a big rush of like, man, I like just committed even harder to God than I ever have before. Adrenaline. Well, that was one of the things... You're right. We got an adrenaline rush as well. And that also added to just what we experienced in church. Right. But like that was the first thing that we thought was happening. Like that was the only thing we kind of thought was happening. Maybe just adrenaline rushes. It's all compounded. That's so interesting. I know. And then you have your start with your hands up and eventually that doesn't give you the same Mm -hmm. hit because you're more used to it. And so now you start, you close your eyes and you put your hands super wide above your head. And now you're like, yeah, I'm really praising. I've never gone this hard in worship for god i'm like really doing it <laughs> and then you so start funny. dancing and then you start shouting out you know there's there's so many levels and there's i feel like each one is like another level deeper commitment to god i i have to say i'm not even like mad about it it's just now it's it's super interesting to me the way the brain works and what's happening and and how just the brain affects your experience of things and your experience of reality. And I love like looking back and seeing like parallels or just what we're learning and how it applies to maybe how we were in a different time in our life or what we believe now or what, how, you know, what's happening to me when I'm in this, this stressed out beta state and why Mm -hmm. is this causing me to think this about myself or blah, blah, blah. And it's funny when I'm hearing us talk about this, I know that there are a lot of churches that like are actively against worship like that like that or show showmanship worship because of this reason right because they know that you get into altered states and it's not really god it's more of the musicianship of it and i respect that yeah really i respect them for it (laughs) because i feel like it's more honest yeah um less tricks but this is the kind of church that we 90s kids grew up in yeah all right so i think we have one more lyric that i wanted to read Um, And it's a Chris Tomlin song called Our God. And um, I'm just going to, well, I'm going to read the first verse and then the chorus. Water you turned into wine, opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you, none like you. Into the darkness you shine, out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater Our God is stronger. It's so hard for me not to sing this. Our God is higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And then the the bridge on this song is amazing because it's like you build it up like marching. (laughs) Like a marching. 
And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And you just like repeat, 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 repeat the chorus. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger, higher than any other. Um, this is a song that you would sing, I feel like, at the end of church. Yeah, it gets this so is the perfect up. one. Mm-hmm. Um, to get so pumped up, you leave with a rush. Um, your God is stronger than any other God, mm-hmm. and you are worshiping the one true God who loves you, even though you are a sinner. And you can feel happy and secure in that, that like you have a connection to the king of the universe. You know what I mean? It's just like, how can that not be comforting and appealing to you? Right. It It's so perfectly molded to being perfect, like to our brain that it's kind of scary. Like yeah. red flags are going off in my brain when I started to realize this because it's like, yeah, this is what I want to hear, and this is how I want to feel. Yeah. And I'm putting myself in a meditative, a trance-like state every single week, repeating these mantras over and over and yeah. over and over and over again. It's programming. I am programmed. Yeah. And that's why, that's what I thought but couldn't put words to mm-hmm. in the beginning. And now I'm kind of like putting the pieces together. And I'm sure as we learn more about this stuff, we'll be able to describe it even more. Yeah. But it's, I think the reason we wanted to talk about this is not just because of how, you know, watch out for programming in the church, but just like, how interesting is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like another thing I just popped in my head is that I can't believe how many, when we were looking up all those lyrics earlier today, I Mm -hmm. can't remember or can't believe how many of those songs we remember the lyrics and melodies for. Oh, yes. I mean, we haven't been to church in like three years Mm -hmm. besides like once or twice. And yeah, I can remember so many of them. So if you think about it, that like those songs, those lyrics are internalized somewhere in my brain. Still, you know, yeah. And so I was singing stuff. all of these songs before this podcast. Katie, this I couldn't get her to stop. I had to text our friends Sarah and Phil, and I was like, guys, Katie, I almost, singing again. <laughs> I almost didn't record a podcast today because I just really wanted to sing worship songs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's. The song, I don't know. It's like I can still feel the emotions that are connected with the song. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it is a perfect tool for the church, a perfect tool for the religion to keep its members deeply invested, both consciously and subconsciously, you know, emotionally and mentally and physically. It's just, it's worship is like an all encompassing programming system to keep you totally convinced that what you believe is true, that your God is best, that God loves you, that he's like not abusive, that he's not confusing. You know, it's a perfect system. Yeah. I mean, literally one of the lyrics I read today, you know, if you ever have questions like, why is God so strange? Like, like I can't explain him. One of the lyrics is Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water. Such a marvelous mystery. Yeah. Okay. So that's just, just, he could do whatever he wants. He's a mystery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really cool stuff. <laughs> um, we were going to ask too if you have any favorite worship songs, um, or any that. By favorite, we mean <laughs> ones that have particularly damning lyrics that yes. you felt like could have potentially really affected you. Uh, send them our way. Yeah. Cause that's, it's super interesting to us and we'd love to share. And also, if you want to try this, um, 
it's really healing to sing worship songs at home with your friends who aren't Christian and dance around the kitchen. And it sort of desensitizes you from <laughs> Christian music. I think it's really healing for you and less for me. Okay. So maybe it will be healing <laughs> for you and maybe it'll just be super triggering <laughs> because I feel like you might be kind of unique in that way. Okay. All right. If you feel like you resonate with me, then you should try it because it was a hoot. <laughs> oh my gosh. We just got done talking about how like worship songs program you at the deepest level. No, but that's what <laughs> mindfulness is all about. That's true. It's understanding what state your brain is in and yeah. looking at your emotions and not latching onto them, but watching them go by, okay. enjoying the ride. That's true. And I think what that means is that you're like a step further out of it from me in that way. Because I, I can't hear it without getting super triggered or partially triggered. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So that was a little bit of a weird ending. Um, don't try singing worship songs Uh if you're like Joe, because I guess it's probably not a very good suggestion, but we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, and next week, we really want to talk about this a little bit more, but with regards to children and indoctrination and what's happening in the brain as you age. Yes. Cannot so wait. stay tuned for next week and we'll see you later. Thank you all so much for coming along on this journey with us. All of your messages and support means so much. If you'd like to connect with us or support our podcast, there are a few different ways you can do that. First, you can find us on Instagram at born.again.again. You can also join our private group on Facebook. Or you can check out our website, bornagainagain.co, where we have all of these episodes, our blog with some posts that we've written, as well as a big list of books, movies, documentaries, and articles that have been helpful in our deconversion. And finally, if you'd like to support us financially, you can do that through our Patreon. Again, thank you so much. And I'm like you. Are you recording this? Do it. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome and power. Our God. Our God. You don't even know the words. I know.